0: Welcome to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and brands to dispel the myths, share their knowledge and give you an insight into the retail industry. You can listen back to previous episodes on your favourite podcast platform or on YouTube. And while you're there, please subscribe to the podcast so that you get to listen to it first every week. In the meantime, grab that cup of tea, sit back and listen in to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today's episode of the Retail Tea Break podcast is sponsored by Salesforce, to bring companies and customers together. And I'm joined by two very special guests today. Sarah Esler, Digital Product Lead at Brown Thomas Arlitz, and she's responsible for turning ideas into customer-centric solutions. This includes the product management and delivery and development of brownthomas.com arlitz.ie, as well as the iOS and Android apps. I'm also joined by Natasha Began, Principal Solution Engineer at Salesforce. She drives customer success and innovation through communication and engagement with the Salesforce account teams, customers and partners alike. I'm delighted to welcome you both to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for thanks for having us. I'm really excited for this conversation. I think it's going to give us an incredible insight uh, into these amazing solutions that you both discovered, but also around how... Not only do we need to remember CX, of course, something everyone's talked about so much, but EX and the importance of the employee experience along the way. So look, to kick us off, Sarah, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm reliably informed is about two minutes, tell us a bit about you and the business.
1: I'll try my best. So here at Brand Thomas Arnest, it is our mission to reinvent retail and that is driven by our desire to create innovative and immersive shopping experiences while keeping our customers and our team at the heart of what we do so my background is in digital product so prior to BTA i was with i was with airports responsible for the their digital service channel so I then joined BTA for six months back in 2018, and here I still am. I've been fortunate enough to have some amazing mentors and opportunities along the way. I initially came in to manage the redesign of BrianThomas.com, but soon after that I was asked to step in and lead the Army Channel and Innovation team, who really bridged that gap between, between stores and, and technology, really. And uh, then along came COVID um, and the need for that collaboration, I suppose, became even greater between our digital channels, our retail business and our customers. So we had huge support from our exec team during that time, which enabled us to roll out quite quickly things like AOR, virtual queuing, virtual shopping, vir- video appointments, to name but a few. And then in early 2021, I came back to my digital product roots, where I'm currently responsible for delivering and defining the digital product roadmap for brandthomas.com, arlitz.ie, as well as our newly launched iOS and
2: Android apps.
0: Wow, is what I want to say first of (laughs) all. How incredible, but the fact that you're leading... This incredible brand at such a key time. Like everyone knows, the brand Thomas and the Arnett's brands. We've all been in them. We've all shopped there. Such successful, wonderful businesses. But as you said, omnichannel is so important now. It's not good enough to have a really strong, successful physical footprint, which certainly I remember well from my time working uh, for Brown Thomas. But to be able to juggle the two, and now for you to be leading, as you say, not just omnichannel, not just the websites, but also the Android apps. What an amazing experience to be having right now for you
1: it is it, it's fantastic and you know we've, we've gone through this period over the last over the last 12 months where we've re-platformed those apps and really we it, you know it wasn't just a project that brought in our IT and our digital teams like we really we really worked across a myriad of teams across the business Um, and brought in our our retail store colleagues brought in our customer service colleagues as well as marketing and buying and everything so yeah we've worked across the business we're very much uh, a a big a big family a big team oh I I bet and
0: certainly it's something I want to kind of dive a bit deeper later in this conversation because I'm very interested to hear about what that's looked like in the past natasha tell us about your role in salesforce because i know it's it's an absolutely fascinating one but also why employee experience something i'm really keen to talk about today why employee experience together with customer experience is so important for retail right now
2: yeah so my role is what they call a principal solution engineer in salesforce really fancy term you know Mm. but uh It's really to build that technical trusted partnership with our customers so they can we can understand a little bit more about them in terms of their strategic and tactical challenges. And this then, of course, helps us to position back to them, for example, relative insights into customer use cases from around the world, both in and outside of the retail industry. But we also come back with a point of view and, of course, an outcome based solution then through the art of the possible demonstrations, which is what we do. Now, these are the possible demonstrations we love doing, right? And that's where we're really bringing the vision to life using Salesforce technology. And I guess, how do I do this and build that trusted technical partnership? Well, the way in which I do it is through the regular dialogue, conversations, discovery sessions, what we call them, with the customers. That, and that really helps me and the wider team to construct that playback and read back to, to them, touching on the points that I just mentioned. And then what we do is we work with the customers to try and establish what we call a prioritization matrix and that's kind of what we call you know the what's now what do we do next and what do we do later or the crawl walk run type buckets and this is then what we consider to be a mutual success plan as we go on this journey together i guess then in terms of your question around why is employee experience together with customer experience so important right now well I guess to start, we're seeing a lot a lot of new, let's say, chief customer officers and VPs of CX, these types of roles dotted throughout organizations globally. So it, it is clear that businesses are, in fact, responding to this customer revolution that we're seeing in order to achieve that growth. And this is amazing to see, right? But if we look back to the kind of the third industrial revolution where product was king, the customer didn't really matter. And a good example of this would be Henry Ford, our good friend. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, have any color car you want as long as it's black. But then, of course, that's when competition simply wasn't there to invoke that customer revolution. But now, because of that customer revolution, the customer's front and center but that's, so that type of uh, mechanism where product is key, it's just not good enough, those types of processes. So what we're seeing is that successful retailers are operating completely differently now, and where they're combining employee experience along with customer experience together to deliver these type of exceptional circumstances, uh, experiences. And examples of this would be, we say, the Uber or Netflix or Amazon experiences of this world, where that taxi driver knows exactly where you are at any point, just like you know exactly where that taxi driver is, as an example. And so these new customer roles that we're seeing, they're clearly beginning to focus on delivering EX as part of their CX strategy, which is really, really crucial. And what we also know is that delivering that amazing, mind-blowing customer experience, that doesn't actually necessarily mean that those customers are going to become loyal either, or that your employees are going to become loyal. Because it's all really about the effort or the perceived effort that you're asking either your employee or your customer, to, get, to give them what they want, where they want it, and when they want it. Because let's face it, as humans, we're all inherently lazy, and some more than others, I think, you know? But I guess like when you are delivering that good EX plus CX, it has to be through ensuring that it's, you know, reduced effort on both sides of the fence. And this is why employee experience together with customer experience is really important to try and deliver growth. Because simply put, if we were to convert this into an equation, it would be EX plus CX is equals to growth. I
0: fully agree and I just think it's amazing that this big global, incredible brand, even though, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, especially with mm-hmm. Deirdre, based here in Ireland, is so, so kind of excited to kind of lead this revolution because that's what it is at the end of the day. CX has been around, it became even more important, I suppose, coming into COVID. As you said, everyone's got these these new departments, they've got officers and board members always looking mm-hmm. after the customer. But you can't do anything without the employee driving that CX agenda. And I love what you said there about successful retailers mm-hmm. are starting to mash the two of these together, Natasha, because again, and I suppose, Sarah, to bring you back into the conversation mm-hmm. here, you know, a successful retailer, again, Brown I can't think of a better one here in Ireland right now. So how a BTA driving this, this, to use Natasha's equation, this kind of EX plus CX mm-hmm. agenda?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I guess core to our agenda is the idea that digital transformation has three key parts to it. So, the first part of that is that it should be framed around, firstly, your business, secondly, your employees, and thirdly, your customers, and not the tech. So, you're really centering it around, as I said, the business, the employees, and the customers rather than a piece of technology. Secondly, it's about bringing the existing business on that journey, rather than creating a startup or a siloed approach uh, within the business. And lastly, digital transformation doesn't end. It is a continuous effort. So it is really organically at the center of how we deliver change within the business. And one such example of that is, is our new apps and you know the teams across the business that we worked with in our, in our discovery phases before we even started to, to rebuild them. You know, we really just wanted to understand what our, our colleagues and our customers alike wanted. And I guess another another level to that, and actually Natasha, when we were in our QB or with, with Salesforce uh, not so long ago, they've asked us, you know, what, what what's on your omnichannel agenda? And I said, Well, actually, Dave, I want people to stop thinking omni-channel and start thinking opti-channel. And everyone kind of looked at me. What's opti-channel? Mm-hmm. So it's not actually about trying to replicate the experience across all of the channels, but rather recognising what is the optimum, challenge, sorry, optimum channel for each category. So it's very easy to put a piece of tech in a store and say, hey, we're omnichannel now. So as a department store, our business obviously expands across many different categories. And really, your expectations differ across those categories so for example if you think about your expectation when you're buying your foundation that you bought 20 times before in the same shade that expectation is is wildly different versus your expectations when you're about to make that special purchase for example that you've been saving up for so while you might be happy to buy that foundation online But for that special purchase you've been waiting to buy, you might want to check the stock in store from the comfort of your home, for example, before you make that trip. So it's about, as I said, more focusing on what is the optimum channel for each category. And actually, you know, we, it reminds me of an example of during COVID. Our stores were closed, our customers couldn't get access to the product, Um, And we introduced technology for beauty augmented reality that would allow customers to try on beauty products virtually. We had the shades, we had colours, we had thousands of them. They were absolutely exact. But actually the issue was that there was too many external uncontrollable variables, such as the lighting, which meant that we simply couldn't replicate that experience because the lighting in the room that I'm sitting in now is very different to your kitchen lighting melissa and your living room lighting natasha so you know nothing's ever going to replace sometimes going into the store and swatching that lipstick on your on your hand as so many of us do but you know that's an example of where the the technology was doing what it was supposed to do but actually you just can't replicate that experience and um, all the time
0: wow opti channel I am stealing that with pride Sarah but it's such an an obvious term to use but also very realistic like when I think I'm still wearing the same shade of foundation that one of your brands sell and have been wearing it the last 15 years very happy to just pop online in a split second and order that however I did go into the store in the summer when I was up in Dublin because I needed a refresh of colors of blush of eyeshadows of lipsticks and I wanted real people to see my skin tone to see and ask me the questions about when I'm wearing it how I'm wearing it how long lasting it needed to be and then show me shade so I think you're you're dead right especially special gifts I know I always go into store for those really special momentas whether it's Christmas presents or birthday whatever that might be I love this idea but again I think it's very special that Brown Thomas is thinking this way because again we're really putting the customer at the heart of everything we do but also it's, it's kind of very obvious then that your people are aligned with this message, that they have the training and the knowledge that actually they want to deliver this type of service. And that's your expectation. So, again, it's bringing this EX and CX together, which I love. It's fantastic. But Natasha... I have to say, and it's brilliant to see that kind of Brown Thomas are leading the way here, that they really do believe, as they said, in this business, employee, and customer kind of triangle almost. But the message coming from a lot of C suites, Natasha, is that they're still entirely focused on CX. You know, they talk about customer centricity all the time, as if it's kind of like a
2: silo. Why on earth do you think that is? Yeah, it's a really good question. And yeah, I agree with all your points on on Brian Thomas-Arnett's and the the role and what they're doing there is amazing. I guess what we're seeing is that leaders, they are trying their best to stay ahead of the game, right? Everything's moving at such a fast pace. But as a consequence, they're rolling out enterprise changes within organizations sometimes, and in fact, a lot of the time, without actual discussion or consultation Mm -hmm. or any feedback from employees. Yeah. Now, Gartner released what they call the Transformation Deficit, That report, and this was essentially a study that was between 2016 and 2022, that showcased how back in 2016, there was only about two planned enterprise changes, but this has increased to 10 planned enterprise changes in 2022, as these organisations are attempting to seek faster growth in the market, right? But don't get me wrong, change is really, really hard, but it is possible employees can help facilitate those if they're actually given a reason to support that change. And how can they do that by simply asking them, I guess, involving them at the outset. So what Gartner found was that the statistics behind this was that only 38% of employees are now supporting enterprise change. And you're comparing that to 74% back in 2016. So the employee effort is significantly higher than what customers are being asked to do. And some leaders are just continuing to transform their business without considering that impact to their employees that we spoke about. An example of that, what Sarah kind of touched on. But the good news is that you know this machine is in fact on the turn and leaders and C-suite and some of the rules I mentioned earlier are, are now trying to help employees embrace this transformation by understanding their employees' unwillingness to support. But just like I said, simply just asking them and including them in the enterprise change actions. And that really is key. So these CCOs and these VPs of CX, they all now have identified that EX is a key part to the CX strategy. But allow me to back up that with some research, if I may, Melissa. Brilliant, because, absolutely. Yeah, what we've done is, in Salesforce, we've researched three white papers on this very subject. And the first is the Salesforce Experience Advantage back in 2022. And that's where we interviewed just over 4,000 execs and employees across 12 different markets. And we also commissioned a retail case study. Now, the research showcased that there's a clear and obvious difference between perception by C-suite and the reality by employees across organizations. And a good example here would be where uh, employees ranked the prioritization of EX at the highest level of C-suite at an average of just 32% in terms of company performance. Yet the C-suite ranked this at 50% when they were asked. Yes. And, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, like I've seen this, this that. Completely, it's a disparity across the board, across a number of key elements. And the result of the research, including the case study, that actually showed that good EX in fact, drives good CX and vice versa. So it showed that C-suite who have EX as a top priority uh, for their company saw 1.3 times growth of their client satisfaction. And conversely, C-suite who have CX as a top priority for their company saw 1.4 times growth in their employee satisfaction. So I guess now that we know that EX drives good CX, that's great. But the second white paper then we researched was from Forbes, that's back in 2020. And what they wanted to do was to analyze the correlation between EX, CX and revenue. And they state that their research is unique, right? And of course, they'd say that, but it's across three data sources. So it's across research, surveys and interviews, where the research was of 263 companies. The surveys covered 300 US-based senior execs, but they needed to have at least 20 million annual revenue. And the interviews then were with a select number of executives. But the findings of this research was that it provided strong evidence that the casual direction is as follows. Start with your EX, then that leads to good CX, which ultimately leads to growth. And if that's what you're trying to do in terms of drive expansion, you need to begin with your EX. And then what Forbes Insights did is they quantified the ripple effect of doing that. So when companies have uh, good EX and CX, they stand to achieve 1.8 times faster revenue growth, which is exceptional, I think, right? So that's the two. We now know that EX drives good CX, and we now know that companies should begin with EX, but we don't yet know how this impacts the bottom line, and that's what most leaders and C-suites are looking mm-hmm. to quantify. So that there's a third white paper that we researched, and that was HBR, and they quantified and identified just that. They wanted to identify and quantify the impact of good EX. So what they did was they anonymized data from a large global retail brand. They focused on service-oriented in-store department where employees interacted you know, face-to-face with customers in store. And the simple question was, does the composition of customer-facing employees in these locations, all else equal, affect revenue and profits? And again, this is back to Sarah proving out the point. You know, They found that if you improve the employee's experience metrics, such as employee loyalty, employee longevity offering employees full-time status and internal rotations or mobility within the companies and of course skill level the impact the store level financial metrics directly the answer was absolutely yes and the store example they used was where they were paying employees just 16 per hour and they were achieving 41 million in profits what would they gain if they tried to aim for the top quartile where the top quartile was at 59 million profits they found that if they invested an additional $12 per hour to get to that top quartile, they stood to achieve an extra $18 per hour in profit. In other words, 150% return on investment. So I guess we know that EX drives good CX. We now know that you should begin with EX. And we now have a real example of how this impacts the bottom line. This is all so brilliant. But in terms of employee experience, you know, what do we learn overall? Well, we learned, and we always share this with our customers, that You know, if you want your customers to love your brand or your company, you start by getting your employees Mm -hmm. to do so first. It seems very simple, but it's not really practiced. And this is especially important for customers or companies that are striving for growth. Now, there's a really crude example that I tend to show some of the customers when they're in on site as well. And it's just running like a quick calculation around the cost of replacing an employee. So, for example, a 2021 Peninsula report showed that it's 33% of an employee's salary. That's the cost to the business if you lose an employee. At the average turnover rate, according to a 2022 LinkedIn report, is at 11%. So what if we were to reduce that to what's considered a stable rate of just 10%? And let's say we used an example of a, an organization that has 4,000 employees. They would stand to save just over half a million euros based on industry standards. And that's industry standards at 13,100 per employee. That's 33% of the salary we'll say. And I guess the World Economic Forum underpins this as well because what they have uh, learned is that companies that are really striving to help their employees learn and grow and with internal mobility are only retaining employees for about 2.9 years. But companies who are really striving to make sure that customer, or employees are doing better uh, are actually retaining good quality employees for longer. In fact, for 5.4 years is what they state. So in terms of the whole employee experience piece, Melissa, what have we learned? Well, we've pretty much learned that the cost of doing nothing for organizations and retailers, if they're trying to achieve growth, the cost of doing nothing is just too great. Wow.
0: Firstly, thank you for bringing those insights on that data, which I know salesforce are brilliant at but you've just summed it up like clearly the data in the research and as someone that works a lot in education for retail it's what I'm all about but you've laid it out there that you, we've got to do it and i suppose it comes back to the elder, uh, old adage that i say that i say all the time you know happy staff equals happy customers and now i can very confidently add and it makes you money at the end of the day it's it's so clear there that we have got to start bringing our people on board, whether it's the strategy, as Sarah talked about earlier, whether it's to drive the business and at the end of the day, to add to your bottom line, we have got to mind our people and we have got to listen to them and we've got to take it on board. So I'm fascinated by all that data, Natasha, but I think you've you've really laid out very clearly there that, as you said at the beginning, that EX plus CX you know, equals a profitable business there. I think it's really, really clear. So thank you for that. But Sarah, to bring you back into this conversation, now that we know very clearly... The EX mm-hmm. is where it's at. Um, I want to come back to the app that you mentioned earlier, because we know that BTA have this stunning new app for iOS and Android, an amazing piece of tech. But I'm also very mindful that you said at the start that you don't do tech for tech's sake, which yeah. is, is very nice to hear, because I know there's an yeah. awful lot of retailers struggling with that point at the moment. But mm-hmm. we've said business, employees, customers, that's, that's how we make these decisions. Okay. Even this amazing new piece of tech, as I said, with this new app, but you were telling me that the research process wasn't just about you guys. This wasn't product innovation. This wasn't just about this kind of digital transformation, that you involved the whole business. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: We did, yes. Yeah. So as I said, we, we brought in a whole myriad of teams, not just the IT and digital teams, but marketing, buying, customer service, um, and our, of course our, our store retail colleagues. So we brought them into our discovery phase and, you know, to put what Natasha spoke about into real practical examples, you know, some of the things that we discovered were things like there are certain parts of our stores where network coverage, for example, Mm -hmm. is a real struggle. And actually, when you speak to our store colleagues, they'll tell us, well, you know, the, the customer can't scan their loyalty cards. So, you know, we're obviously trying to know check the customer out we want to get them their product and give them an efficient service but you know the customer is standing there with their app they can't access the old app by the way but they can't actually access their their loyalty card so one of the things that we did for our for our new apps so it was to enhance that journey really for both our customers and our employees was to make the new Encore loyalty card accessible both online and offline. So it doesn't matter if your if your network coverage is, is completely gone, um, you can still open the Brian Thomas or the Ireland app and get access to your Encore loyalty card. I actually really put it to the test recently and opened the app on a flight, and I'm pleased to say that the <laughs> that the, the loyalty card still opened. So I really put that one to the test. Additionally, things like with our customer service team, one of their significant call drivers is customers looking for an update on their online orders. So we completely we look, looked at that journey we redesigned it, um, and within the apps now, that order experience is much more transparent. It's easy to digest. It's easy to follow. But we're also now proactively sending push notifications to our customers. If you have our brand Thomas or our Arnis apps, to proactively give you updates on your, on your orders. Additionally, actually one of the pre- one of the preferred methods of communication between our customers and our customer service team is WhatsApp. So WhatsApp for business. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we actually integrated WhatsApp directly within the Brian Thomas and the Arnolds apps. So it's actually it's actually a really nice handoff between the two apps. If you're on the if you're on the mobile app and you choose to chat via WhatsApp, it'll hand off to WhatsApp. And that's actually increased um their WhatsApp contacts by about eight to ten percentage points. So everyone's a winner there. And then another simple one as well was just extending the store receipts. So now our our store receipts go back as far as your loyalty account exists, which is particularly useful for things like electrical warranties, for example. So yeah, it's really about making making everyone's lives that that little bit easier. And um, there was also some other obvious ones for us to to bring in as well. You know, much loved by customers on our on our web platform already is the checks the check store stock tool, but actually when you, so which is fantastic for customers, but then when you even think, you know, as an employee, if you're on, if you're on the shop floor in the middle of December and it's absolutely manic and you have a customer asking you know, is if if you're in Dundrum, if you if you have a customer asking, do you know if that's in Grafton Street? And you can't get access to it till you can't get anywhere near it till. I remember actually, it well. <laughs> yeah, they can just they can take the app out and say, yeah, here we go. It's definitely in Grafton Street because it's right there in the apps. We've also added how to wear it within the app as well. So you now have the ability to show the other products within the product shots that the model is actually wearing. So again, that's helping both customer and employee because they know exactly how these outfits are being styled. So that also helps the customers to shop the shop the complete look should they wish. And then we've done something quite unique with our content as well, because we know our customers really love to, to consume and read the content that we have online. So we've brought together a really unique blend of content and commerce in our, in our new, which is completely engaging and completely shoppable as well. So that's, uh, that's proving a big hit as well amongst everyone.
2: Wow. Is, yeah. As a
0: consumer now, I have to say how incredible that not only can I get stock, which again, useful and up to date stock listing mm-hmm. is so important, but to be able to kind of shop the extras to kind of have those add on sales at the, you know, the drop of a hat right there in front of me. But also, as you say, because your content is so rich, so yeah. well informed. It's fantastic just to be able to, you know, read that the night before because we know and research shows us that so many of us plan these trips and we do a little bit of homework before Mm. we can do that in store. I love the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter about Wi-Fi coverage because I do remember that Mm. being an issue, but it doesn't matter where you are then that this app. Is useful to the customer which of course first and foremost is so important but that it's really serving the needs of the employee and still a phenomenal piece Mm -hmm. of tech and I think you really do have to be praised for for such an amazing piece of kit that really does serve both again it comes back to what Natasha said there you're serving the employee you're serving the customer and it's again it's positioning you as as true market leaders because you're bringing together again the business the employee and the customers so Amazing work, Sarah. I must say, it can't have been an easy task at all. We've had some
1: amazing team, both internally and external partners as well, who have helped us to to develop these apps and make them, you know, the the world-class concierge in your pocket that we were really looking for. And, you know, it is just the start. They're only five weeks old, these new apps. And um, they're already they're already sort of we're seeing amazing results since since launch, but there's so much more to come next year as well. Oh, so we're really excited.
0: How exciting. I it really is such a fantastic story. Natasha, then having heard obviously about you know brands digital transformation and the need to constantly evolve, which is exactly what brand Thomas Arnets are doing with these brand new apps, how do we ensure then, I suppose, that retailers don't stand still, that we don't You know, we don't just accept that whether it's our website, whether it's our app is okay right now. Everyone's happy with it right now. How do we ensure that we're constantly moving forward?
2: Yeah, again, another good question. And I have to say, like Sarah, it's so refreshing to hear uh, your approach to all this, because what I'm kind of going to go through in terms of the steps towards EX and CX alignment, you've just given another use case or an output when, when it's done right. And crucial to your messaging is, Yes, in online and the app is very important, but actually so too is the in-store experience and we can't forget about the bricks and mortar here. So thanks for that. So to your question, this is some of the steps that we can help customers with around, you know, aligning, what can they start with? Like, what can they do now? And to your point, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? So what can they get working on now, make it MVP and iterate as they go? And what we tend to talk to is around breaking it into four buckets somewhat. And the first bucket would will be really about, you know, impact is what we would call it. And just deepening uh, your understanding of which are the key EX or employee experience elements that impact your customer's journey. And then leveraging your UX, so your user experience design team to map out those journeys. And those journeys should include at every point when and where both the customer and the employee step on and step off. So design thinking and UX design is an absolute imperative, but you assess the impact first. Next would be the second bucket. We'd call it collaboration. And again, it's breaking down those silos. And Sarah touched on that. So ensuring that you have an agile team, I guess you know we are focusing on building that integrated model you know where marketing and hr and sales are building and executing that consolidated strategy that is becoming more and more important it's not a, it's not a case anymore that you can conceptualize a product and throw it over the fence to it that just simply doesn't work mm. it needs to come on that journey as well as an example and the third bucket then would be we'll say the tech We know there's so much tech out there, right? You don't have to buy new tech for everything. It's how do you work with what you have and then elevate where appropriate with additional tech. But ensuring that you're implementing tech solutions that are going to actively reduce effort, as I spoke about earlier. So reducing the customer effort and reducing the employee effort as you transition through your strategy. And then the fourth one is a constant, and that's called feedback, right? So that'll be our fourth bucket, And that's where you're really defining and creating that clear multi-stakeholder ownership of both your employee experience and your customer experience. And that's to establish that continuous, actionable feedback loop between leadership and employees. And why is that so important? Well, if employees are willing to give you their time and equally customers, you know, to give insights and learn their insights. They want to understand and feel that you've they've been listened to. And how do they do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Exactly, yeah. So they do that through vision and seeing and feeling and touching and being constantly looped in as companies are trying to, to progress and, and strive for, for revenue growth. But again, if it's OK, I might give you a couple of additional examples, on, of course, on top of Roundtimes, Um A good use case, for example, would be Adidas. So Adidas had a goal to achieve 2 billion turnover from digital and e-commerce based revenues. So they reviewed how they supported their customers. So for example, the As-Is versus their 2B states, if you will. Um, And what they found is that they had independent, brilliant teams working in silos to support the customer, but that was actually giving kind of a fragmented customer experience. So instead, What they did is they picked the best from each team and they created agile teams around different projects. A really good example of this would be how you can now have a really personalized experience as a consumer of Adidas, and you can return a a pair of trainers, for example, on Facebook, because they really just wanted to be agnostic of what channel you're on. They wanted to be able to carry on with the channel you were last on, so they're truly agnostic, a bit like what Sarah touched on earlier. So now every project card within, Uh, Adidas means that different lines of business, they were coming together to collaborate. They were connecting, getting things done with ideas. And really it shows what it means to have a customer-centric kind of ideation within a company where they now have unified processes. They have unified KPIs across the organization all to deliver that good customer experience, which was key for them. But actually crucially, all of this had an incredible positive impact on the employee experience as you can imagine as well, because the net had widened in terms of what they had scale and visibility of within the organization. And another, my second kind of neat example is the Hilton weightographer. I actually showed this video to Sarah for a bit of fun uh, when we were catching her. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Melissa, and anyone listening in, please have a look at the Hilton weightographer. It's on YouTube. But essentially, Hilton were very aware that you know whether they liked it or not their staff in the restaurants were being asked by guests to take photos of them as they've dined you know for keepsake and look i think we're all probably absolutely. of this we do nowadays. Yeah, we, absolutely. of course we do with our basic phone right but of course you know factor in that these waiters and waitresses they're not photographers but mm. they were often asked to retake these photos it didn't look good somebody was cut out Or they might even drop somebody's phone as they try to do it right because they're in stressful situations so that's all the fun in the video that you'll see but what what Hilton did then is they decided to get all of the restaurant staff fully trained by professional photographers so they then could become what they call Hilton weightographers and this of course has significant positive impact on employee experience and of course customer experience and a lot of the customer experiences are in fact shared on social media So customers themselves are leading the charge on the brand and becoming brand ambassadors. Fantastic. And again, I suppose this is
0: using whether it's AI or tech to support, which is what we said right at the beginning is the importance here. It's Mm -hmm. not about having it first because it never, ever works. So amazing, fantastic kind of insights there again, Natasha. And it's great to kind of hear these different cases as to how it really is working well out there on top Mm. of of course this incredible success story that Sarah says is only really five weeks old at this stage Mm. but on that Sarah a final question and it would be remiss of me not to ask this considering and I can say Christmas now that we're in November to say that it's only (laughs) around the corner so what's coming up for you and the business now over the next few months.
1: So a pretty busy peak trading
0: period to get through.
1: (laughs) I know it is a really exciting and busy period every single year. And one actually where we see our teams rolling up their sleeves and and getting stuck in to, to help out and make sure that our customers get their beautiful products and their beautiful gifts in time for Christmas. And actually that in itself actually lends itself to our EX versus CX agenda as well, because you then have... You then have guys who are sitting over, over here in the digital team who, you know, at really busy periods will actually go over to Grafton Street and start helping the guys process the orders. And it gives them a whole new perspective on, on that side of the house, which then helps us to define those customer journeys and enhance them online with a whole, a whole fresh lens on it. So peak trading period to get through first, we very quickly then switch back to delivery mode come January with our new websites launching next year, followed by lots of exciting additions in our apps throughout the year. As I said, the apps are already going from strength to strength and are only five weeks old. We have over half a million downloads of updates, which is absolutely incredible. When you consider our tiny island, you know, I think it amounts to somewhere in the region of, you know, one in every 10 people having, having our apps, which is incredible. Um, and the apps, as I said, are already gone from strength to strength. So lots of exciting stuff um, to enhance that experience even further next year.
0: How amazing. Well, congratulations, first of all, to you and the wider team for delivering such incredible apps. As we said, so useful for people like me, the shopper, you know, putting that kind of customer at the heart. But also, I know, and again, as those of you that won't know, that I worked in that store in Grafton Street for quite a while. So I know that the support from the wider Brown Hummus and its community. Is so important at this time of year. So I can only imagine the use that that app is going to get even in store as well. So I want to thank you both for joining me today. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, please do like and share it because you've heard so many incredible golden nuggets. Remember that you can listen back to past Retail T podcast episodes on your favorite podcast platform or of course on YouTube and then do connect with Sarah and Natasha on LinkedIn I'll obviously pop all the website information on the in the show notes should I say and remember you can find the show notes and the transcript from today's episode on the retailadvisor.ie Sarah Natasha thank you and I really do mean that today thank you so much for your time
2: thanks for having us